Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. You can subscribe, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, Ishmael Johnson in the house as always. Uh, Ish, we officially have basketball magazines in stores. Yes. We got the mouth. Took a while. It, Sorry. It, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I mean, we're still all in a little bit of a football mode right now anyway. Right. So, you know, I think this is like perfect timing because the games are starting to start, but real games haven't really been played as yet. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's still early enough. Get out there. Get yourself a copy. There's tons and tons of college basketball content, too, at TexasBasketball.com. Basically, all of our previews uh, are, mm-hmm. are basically up for free on TexasBasketball.com, too, of the colleges, of course. Right. Um, so you should check that out as well. I know that we also, you know, a friend of ours, Justin Carter, has yes. also been doing some great women's basketball write-ups. Man, it's been really cool to have him participating, and and because he, he reached out to me, and yeah. it was like I was like, oh my god, yes, because I was <laughs> I, like, this isn't you know. I'm peeling back the curtain a little bit. I was probably going to reach out to him <laughs> and see. Yeah, and so, like, yeah, when yeah. the fact that he the fact that he uh, reached out to me, and I was like, yes. And we came to an agreement. Sure. Uh, he's doing these really cool video breakdowns of uh, players, and not every week is going to be a player. It could be a team. Mm-hmm. It could be breaking down a result, a win, or a loss. I'm waiting or for his rice thing. Right. You know, I know. No, he's he's, he's definitely he's going itching to write about rice. We know that he's um, going to do it. I will make him write about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. Uh, this week it was over Nelissa Smith from yep. Baylor. Uh, yep. uh, probably the best sophomore in the country mm-hmm. right now uh, i believe his i be, just because i know he's on a rice kick yeah and uh i think his game preview for the week will be a&m at rice because that okay. should be oh that's gonna be a fun game, game. that's, gonna that's be a, really a potential game. trip up that's Trinity carter versus rice. uh versus uh uh erico guma erico gumake and nancy mulkey like yeah. it's gonna be they played last year and mulkey yeah. was out and oh, okay. a&m kind of controlled that game and sure. so it's going to be fun. It could be a potential trip up for number five A&M. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really excited for that. And, uh, and yeah, hey, you know what? The Nelissa Smith uh, article came out at a very good time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah seriously. Because, uh, we just got the news that Lauren Cox can be out for at least a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this is a Republic of football. We, yeah. probably, we probably don't need to get this uh, this far into it, but, I mean, we – we love basketball, man. Yeah. We love basketball. We love we love Devin Booker. We love <laughs> we, we just love all, we love Kobe White. We love all of it. I love all basketball. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go ahead and get into it. Um so just a couple of news items first. Uh one, Alan Bowman will be redshirting the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um he's Smart still, move. Yeah, he yeah. still is eligible to get into a game. Mm-hmm. I would be curious to see if they use him. They won't start him. I'd be shocked if they started him. I, I imagine that they're gonna you know, if there's something to happen with Duffy or an injury or something like that, that's when they'd think about inserting him. And I mean, I know that this staff also might just want to hold him out just in case there's a bowl game, mm-hmm. um, which again, it's a tough road, but it's yeah. possible. Um, and also Maverick McIver, the the mm-hmm. other Texas Tech quarterback, both those guys have been cleared to play. So both of them are eligible to get into games and McIver is already guaranteed a red shirt because there's only four games left, even including a bowl game. Mm-hmm. So, so he's guaranteed a red shirt. Um, you know, managing quarterbacks is hard, <laughs> right? Yes, God. And, especially in this like in this new age of, of easy transfers right. and you know hardship waivers getting cleared more often now, and you definitely got to figure out ways to make sure like okay, you're going to have playing time here, you're yeah, going to yeah. you're going to have eligibility still left over here. <laughs> well, and and it's funny after I wrote about the Alan Bowman news and mm-hmm. the McIver news, yeah, um, I immediately immediately mm-hmm. got tweets from people asking, so do you think that either of them could look elsewhere? And 
I mean, the answer I mean, is honest, the answer is yes. But honestly, the guy I'd be worried about is Jed Duffy. Well, but but the thing is, that at least Jet Duffy is going to be a senior next year, right? That's true. And so, um, long term, it's not going to be different. Right, right, right. right. So, that, and that's the thing too is like I don't see any issues between the Duffy Bowman uh, dynamic mm-hmm. in terms of you know if, if Duffy wants to come into camp and he wants to try to compete for the starting job, which he had basically all of this season, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see that being an issue. If he gets beat out in the spring and graduates in May, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I think that would have potentially happened regardless. Yeah. I don't think that's something that changed. Um, and in terms of McIver versus Bowman, I mean, look, it's always going to be a concern when you have a quarterback a year apart. I think that's right. always going to be part of it. Right. Um, but there's no indication, especially at this point, there's zero indication that anything's going to happen this offseason. Right. Um, and, you know, I had people ask, like, oh, well, where would Bowman look? And I'm like, oh, man. He's not looking at it. Yeah, and there's two years of separation if Duffy wins the starting job next right. year. And I mean, like, again, things can change, but it's been right. – I think I think uh, Coach Walls has done a great job of managing all these quarterbacks. Yeah. And like managing because, like, it, again, if it isn't a Houston situation, right, where immediately after somebody's announced hurt yeah. or something or like you know redshirting, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, he's looking to transfer. Right, like, it's right, like right. it's definitely a wait and see moment. Um, yeah, with Bowman, with uh, Jackson Tyner, mm-hmm. like all these guys have been around. Obviously, Jackson Tyner was a senior; yeah. he was a transfer already. But it's still and, and like, credit to him; he knew that he was going to come in and be a backup, right? And so, like, you could, I mean, you know, granted, Jed Duffy, I would not be surprised if Jed Duffy looks transfer. Uh, this is me speculating one hundred percent, yeah, just because he's proven to be a very good, very solid. FBS quarterback, but I mean, it just shows that, like, I guess the trust they have in Matt Wells to be like, look, yeah. he's going to put us in situations that's best for us. Yeah, and, and, and again, he's going to be a redshirt senior, so right. he will likely, I'd imagine, graduate in May. Right. Um, as far as I know, to give him that option, right? That potential, uh, and, and that's that's really where I think with especially. Well, let me start over. Actually, mm-hmm. I think that that's one area where actually some of the smaller Power Five schools have an advantage over the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Because you look at Texas, right? right? Texas has Ellinger, they have Bouchelle, you know, both, uh, I think that Bouchelle was a borderline four-star kid, but, you know, yeah. both sort of four-star type kids. Uh, I think I think Bichelle was a five-star. Four- I think it was a five-star. I don't think he was a five-star. I'm pretty sure you I, mean, go I ahead, might be keep wrong. Going. But, uh, but um, and then you have Casey Thompson and um, Cameron Rising okay. were, the, were the other two kids. You know, yeah, you he was all a four-star kid. I don't know yeah. why I thought he was a five-star. Yeah, yeah they, you have all of them in that same room. And actually, this next year, uh, you bring in Hudson Card. Mm-hmm. And then who's the other? Is it Jackson? Uh, Jaquindon Jackson. Jaquindon da- Jackson from uh, from um, Duncanville. Mm-hmm. And so you know, look, the reality is, Card and Jackson will probably both not graduate from Texas, right? Or or at least won't be there for five. Or years. both won't graduate as quarterbacks, right? Which is per- absolutely a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and that's part of the deal, and that's why you see these big programs stocking up on quarterbacks mm-hmm. is because. Hey, you know what? Uh, Joe Burrow left Ohio State, but you know, then they get Justin Fields, and you know, it's just it's just something like that. Things work out, for right? The bigger program, but that's kind of what you have to do is you have to know that probably if you're at a power or not a power five, like a blue blood program. Oh mm-hmm. my god, <laughs> can't talk. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, if you're at a big time uh, blue blood program where you're consistently recruiting five stars and high fours, yeah, you kind of have to know that probably two of these kids are going to leave, and you're kind of restocking every single year. Yep. Whereas I mean, the reality is Alan Bowman was brought in to be a developmental quarterback behind McLean Carter, you know, behind, uh, I'm trying to think, behind Duffy even. You know, he wasn't even supposed to play really last year. Mm -hmm. And he stepped up and that makes things more confusing. But, like, I don't want to say this. This makes it sound bad, but this is actually a good thing. It's kind of nice when guys know their place. Right. You know, it's nice when a guy comes in as sort of a mid-three-star and understands what they're here for. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I'm curious to see how it works itself out because, like, I say that, and obviously the whole TCU situation happens where, you know, they get a Justin Rogers, a Sean Robinson, a Max Duggan in back-to-back class, and only one of those guys left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I think that lower end, and again, that sounds like an insult too, but, you know, the non-Blue Blood Power 5 schools uh, have some advantages in terms of being realistic mm-hmm. about what their quarterback situation is going to be. You right. know, like... You are coming in to be the backup, right? right. You are coming in to be the third string... Uh, Scout team slash emergency right. quarterback, right? right. Like, and, yeah. and I think that even at Tech, for example, there's a lot of talk about their transfer quarterback. Mm-hmm. Baker left early, right? Like, Baker left after a year. Right. But Davis Webb waited. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Michael Brewer. Michael Brewer, Only yep. left after he basically broke his back and just kind of knew that he wasn't going to get a shot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it wasn't like he just left after a year. Right. Um, you know, and, and like, even you look at Davis Webb. Davis Webb waited to grad transfer. You know, and um, and so we haven't necessarily seen like an exodus, even right. when other guys have stepped up. So, right. so I don't think that there's anything to worry about at this point. I mean, it, and the reality is, you always have to be worried at any time that sure. any kid could leave. Sure. But um, let's put it this way: there's nothing to worry about. In my opinion right. at, at, at Texas Tech. Uh, the other thing I want to mention: uh, two watch lists came out for awards. One is the Broyles Award. Um, mm-hmm. So, two assistants on the list from Texas: SMU offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley. And Baylor defensive coordinator Phil Snow. Hmm. Uh, not a big surprise The two kind of last team standing in the state to right. some extent. Uh, and, you know, both of them, I think, have done a tremendous job. Um, you know, both of them had units last year that weren't very good. Uh, Baylor struggled with the big play defense. SMU uh, struggled to block, couldn't run the ball, and they've really transformed things this year. I think they both deserve a lot of credit. The other thing I'm going to mention is the Davey O'Brien Award came out. Three Texas quarterbacks and a kid from Texas are on the list. Uh, Charlie Brewer, Shane Bouchelle, Sam Mallinger, so two former Texas quarterbacks. Uh, and um, and Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts, obviously from Channel View, but playing at Oklahoma now too. Right. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird to look at this and be like, ah, well, obviously Mason Fine wasn't good enough this year. Obviously, D.R. King didn't play. You mm-hmm. know, those were kind of Alan Bowman didn't get to play. Yeah. You know, those were kind of the guys who we thought might have a shot heading into the year. And I think heading into the year, I would have been pretty surprised to see Shane Bouchelle on the final 16 list. Right. I mean, credit to him. Credit oh, to yeah. him. Things have worked out. Oh my gosh, it's been it's been one of the. I don't know. I I, I knew we thought it would be a good fit. Yeah. I don't think we thought it would be this good of a fit this quickly. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I was as optimistic as about anybody heading into the year. Sure. Like, I feel like I said, hey, man, this team could win eight games, yeah. you know? And that, that felt crazy, right. right? Like, oh, this Why team could Why are you win- selling them short, Shahan? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I got a I got a DM from somebody complaining that I only picked Baylor to win nine games. Like, like that wasn't Dude, crazy wow. talk at the oh beginning God. of the year. Jesus like, Christ. oh, my gosh, whatever. <laughs> People have short memories. It's fine. Yeah, notorious <laughs> Baylor hater, Shahan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but obviously i think that brewer has been a big part of what baylor's done this year Bouchelle yeah. has changed everything i mm-hmm. think on that smu offense it's really opened it up for even the running game to thrive mm-hmm. um definitely helps when you have two nfl wide receivers but you know he does yeah. so and he's making he a given ball yeah all right uh i think that's all that we really need to talk about uh tarleton state officially um made it official mm-hmm. that they're moving to the WAC uh starting next year so they will uh, be eligible to win conference titles immediately. Obviously, the WAC doesn't have football right now, so mm-hmm. they're going to be an FCS independent. They uh, won't be eligible until postseason play, until I think the 24-25 season. Yeah. There's a four-year um, transitional thing, basically. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if by the time that they're eligible to perform in postseason that the WAC has football, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's just about it. Uh, obviously, there are three undefeated teams left in the state of Texas. One in Division One, Baylor. One in Division Two, Charlton State. And one in Division Three, Mary Harden Baylor. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I'd say two pretty legit national title contenders, and we'll see what Baylor is right. in the next couple of weeks. So with that... We're going to go ahead and get right into picks. Our picks are brought to you by Arlington CVB. Uh, I know that we had been talking about, I, I don't know how much uh, how much we're going to let in right now, but mm-hmm. let's just say that I think that we might get to see you guys at Texan Live uh, maybe sometime this December. I don't know whether we've officially... Uh, uh, yeah, anything. I feel we're, it's probably going to be something for subscribers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you haven't, textfootball.com. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we might be doing something around state. Uh, yeah. For our subscribers, no, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing official. Nothing official yet. yet. Obviously, but, we're know, not giving a date. We're not giving a time. In your heads. Yeah, <laughs> just get the location, get the time range yeah, around your head. Yeah. Thinking a little bit, <laughs> we'll announce something soon. Um, if it does go through, uh, but yeah. we are looking and pushing for something to do something for you guys. So yeah, feel free to. Uh, Keep that date range free. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, and it's a it's a good date range for college football because mm-hmm. we're still very early in in bowl season. Right. Yeah. Not too much going on as yet. So, just just keep it in mind. Just keep it in mind. But uh, but again, Texan Live, uh, really great place to go watch watch a game, watch a bunch of games. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start with the early games. This time the schedules spread out a little bit more than last week. It's not all the games at eleven or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna start with the morning game, Texas Tech. A two-and-a-half-point underdog against TCU. 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Texas Tech coming off of a 38-17 win over West Virginia. TCU coming off of a heartbreaking 29-23 loss to Baylor. So at this point in the season, I'm looking through these teams, and I feel like I have a pretty good feel of what to expect from Mm -hmm. most of these teams, and these two teams are the exception. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In Lubbock, by the way. Morning game in Lubbock. Yeah, morning game in Lubbock. I think two-and-a-half is... I, see, part of me is like two and a half sounds right. Part of me is also yeah. like two and a half being really lenient to Tech at home. I don't know, even against against TCU. Yeah. Like, because part of me, I would not be shocked if this is a ten to fourteen point win for TCU. Just because, sure. just because I don't know what Max Duggan we're gonna get. Right. Um, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I guess I should know what to expect from Jed Duffy. He's been a really good quarterback this year. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What What are you thinking for this one? I think TCU's better, but <laughs> I don't really feel like I know. Yeah, I mean, I know ESPN's the, matchup predictor has fifty-four percent to forty-five in favor of TCU. Okay, like it's very, it's a toss-up basically. I know the numbers love TCU. Yeah, just all season long they've loved TCU, even mm-hmm. when they struggled. Um, look, and I know that the lasting image from from the season is going to be Tech losing to Kansas, right? But they've actually been pretty good. They've like, been fine, like especially since that you know they lost that Arizona game, they lost at Oklahoma. Game. Fine, whatever. They were great against Oklahoma State. Yep. They arguably should have beat Baylor. Yep. They were, they were very against... close against Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And then they dominated West Virginia. Like, they've separated yeah. themselves from from West Virginia in that bottom tier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and look, <laughs> obviously, they probably should have beaten Kansas, too. Yeah. <laughs> God, Douglas Cullen, what were you thinking? Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and then on the flip side, like, TCU's probably gotten blown out more recently and what Tech has gotten? Let me see. Uh, with the... Because they got blown Iowa out by State. Iowa State. Um, yeah. Oklahoma I mean, State Oklahoma. Was, a pretty rec- was a pretty Oklahoma. decent game. These are two very similar teams. Yeah. Um, in terms of not knowing much. Right. Well, <laughs> in, in, ter- terms, in terms of mystery, I would well, say. Well, in, in terms of both of them having very positive results to yeah. kind of hang their hat on and also having, like, just something that's befuddling. Right. You know? And so... 
Ooh. I'm going to go TCU. I'm going to say TCU covers. To me, this is a, I mean, when I see a line that low, I mean, it's basically a pick in my head. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll disagree. I'm going to go Texas okay. Tech. Okay. I think that we have seen their defense grow. I think that TCU throwing against this Tech defense isn't necessarily the greatest situation. Their mm-hmm. secondary is pretty good. Yeah. Now, I will say, I loved what I saw from TCU's young players that mm-hmm. got in on defense. Mm-hmm. Like, they are going to be big-time players. And we talk about what the Gary Patterson deal is like, you know, the year that they have the bad year is sort of the building year to next year. And I right. think that all those guys are right on track. Mm-hmm. But I think that Tech playing at home in a must-win game. I think sure. that's fair. I think that's it's a must-win game for both teams. Yeah. In a must-win game, I think they come out motivated. I think that... Jet Duffy's the better quarterback on the field for sure. Mm-hmm. I think they win. Yeah, all right. I, I, I don't I feel confident. I was about to say I don't feel confident. No, about not at all. Picking either of these teams, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I guess I just I guess I'm just giving it to the Gary Patterson factor. Right? I totally um, fair. just because I don't feel confident in saying either way. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Fair. I, I'd say TCU covers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on. UTEP, an 18-point underdog at UAB, 12 p.m. on ESPN3. God, Miners. Lost 28-21 to Charlotte after going up 21-7. to um, Now, UAB, did yeah. you see their score last week? No. They lost to Southern Miss 37-2. Oh, my God. They're without their starting quarterback, Tyler Johnston, who has been uh-huh. great for them. Yeah. yeah. Now, UTEP's playing on the road. Right. But... UTEP is a cover machine. Yes, they don't get blown out. <laughs> and and 18's probably a good number for this. Yeah. You know, 18's kind of a, a sneaky number mm-hmm. because... like It's on that border. It's it, on that border of a blowout versus a right. sneaky competitive game. Right. Like, UTEP, UTEP is a three-touchdown-ish team, you know, worse than UAB probably on right. any given week. So that's that's pretty close. Um, You know, we, we saw some things, though, from this UTEP team. Yep. I mean, mm. look, I, I probably need to not overreact to even the tiniest little sign because mm. I want UTEP to be decent so bad. Mm. I, where, where are you thinking? I'm thinking, and I'm going off what you said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. The wheels got to come off at some point. I feel like. And I don't mean like they're just going to get absolutely blown out of the water, but they performed. They performed above expectation in terms of covering covering this year. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they are due for one loss. We were like, oh god, Utah, what happened? Well, and this would be the only. W- I opportunity think this would, left. Right, I was about to say this would be the only opportunity left. They have New Mexico State rivalry game. New Mexico State's not very good, and then obviously Rice. Those are their last, yeah. I think those are their chances. <laughs> they, they play the only two teams in the nation with less wins combined <laughs> than they have. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. Um, and I feel like this is the game where it's like, oh, God, what happened, UTEP? But, I mean, but the thing is, I mean, Here's the flip being, side. Without, being without their quarterback is a big deal. Here's the flip side. Okay, go ahead. Is that UTEP knows with two games left after this mm-hmm. that they have something to play for. They know that they have wins left to play for. 
You know, because like I think I think you look at last year's that clearly happened, right? Like that yeah. clearly happened where they're just like, eh, screw it. Yeah. You know, we we suck. We're playing good teams. Yeah. You know, we have no shot. I mean, and even Western Kentucky obviously wasn't a good team, but like in their last three games, they played Middle Tennessee, a bad Western Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's I think the blowout game that happened. Right. And then versus Southern Miss, right? Like those were three games that they were never going to win. Right. Um, and the other thing too is that they were coming off of a win heading into that Middle Tennessee game where they got blown out. So, like, they already felt like they had their results in a way. So, I... St- and then the other thing, too, is that we talked about it before, and I think it boards itself out a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was youth movement week last week. Right. Yeah. And that played a part. It still is youth movement. It, it absolutely is. And and the thing that you look at, right, like, does Kai Loxley have a receiver now? Does he have one receiver in Jacob Cowing? He went for... Uh, what did he go for last week? He went for 145 yards on yeah. six catches. I don't think he has a receiver. But he might, and that's progress. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take him to cover. I think they're probably still going to lose. I don't think that this is bottom falling out week. I, okay. I really don't. I mean, the, this is the last week it could happen. <laughs> right. Well, that's not true. Losing to either of those other fair, two teams fair, would be extremely fair enough. Fair enough. Out. Fair enough. Uh, but I don't. I don't not believe in UTEP that much to be able to right. say that's going to happen. So yeah. I'm going to say it happens this week. I'm going to say they get their big reality check, like, oh, God, that was demoralizing. Yeah. And then they use that, fuel the last two weeks, and put on good performances against U- uh, New Mexico State and Rice. So UAB covers 18. 18, yeah, flat. It's 18 flat. So right. Come on, Dana Dimmel. You're my only hope. Prove us wrong, man. Prove us wrong. Texas State. Oh, boy. Eight-point underdogs versus Troy, 2 yeah. p.m. on ESPN3. Uh, Texas State coming off of a thrilling 30-28 to 28 win over South Alabama. Troy coming off of a not thrilling 49-28 win over Georgia Southern, a good team. Uh, I don't really know what to think of Troy still. I don't think they're very good. I don't think they're very good. Um but when does that stop teams from beating Texas State? Um, Never. <laughs> uh, Last week. Right. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> that and the 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 wind of God sending Whew. that <laughs> kick into the upright. The um, ghost of Everest, Everett Withers. Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. I just, yeah, I don't, I will say, I called this game being a lot closer in the offseason. You you were confident in this I in was very – because you – I believe you and Greg were like, yeah, Troy's a loss. And I'm like, is Troy a loss? Well, well, I was more – granted, I was higher on Texas State yeah. than I was on Troy being down. Yeah. But I was like, I don't know. They, it was like 12-7 to 7 last year. Well, I'm that's the really thing. Sure. You watched that game last year and you were like, oh, this team is on the same level. And to us, it was, oh, a whole bunch of weird turnovers. Right. It was – yeah, it was like, oh, wow, Troy played terribly, huh? Right. That's what it was to me. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, granted, Troy has not been the same. No, absolutely not. Um, they've definitely taken a step back. That's what happens when you lose a very good head coach like absolutely. Neil Brown and you lose a good senior class like they did. Absolutely. Um, oh, God. But eight is right in that bubble. Yeah. Eight is right in that bubble. I don't know if I have enough confidence to say Texas State wins outright. I definitely don't, actually. Um, so you he, look like you were going to say something. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's what I'll say, right? Okay, Georgia Southern is a great win. Um, yep. Their only other conference win is over South Alabama. Now yeah. it was a dominant win, but, right. you know, still. Yep. Uh, and in their two games before Georgia Southern. God, they got beat by Georgia. They got pummeled by Georgia they State. They got beat by Georgia State by 19, and then they lost to Coastal by one. Both those games on the road. And the other thing is that Troy, uh, 
not Troy. Troy played against Georgia Southern at home. Mm-hmm. So their two wins are against South Alabama and Georgia Southern at home. Yeah. They have not won a conference road game so far this season. You know what? So here's the thing. Troy, this is like a battle of mismatch, or a battle of strength versus strength. Okay. Troy, 320 yards passing a game. Texas State, 186 yards passing allowed a game. Okay. Troy's rush defense isn't very, or sorry, Texas State's rush defense, not very good. Troy doesn't run the ball. Yeah. Troy's rushing defense has been a little suspect this year. Texas yeah. State doesn't run the ball very well. <laughs> this, <laughs> I was trying to find, cool. like, where's the mismatch? I was like, I honestly don't know where the mismatch is. Troy's defense has not been good yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Texas State covers. I can't say outright. Um, it is also senior day mm-hmm. for Texas State, which is a big deal. Brian London Day, baby. Brian London Day. Um Jacob Rollin Day, which he's been there for 10 years, it feels like. <laughs> he was there when I was covering the team. Before I was covering the team, I felt like. Nice, nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Tech State covers. I don't have the confidence to say they went out right, just because if this gets into a shootout, I can't trust this offense sure. to score 30. Um, uh, why would you say that? Did you not watch last they, week? They scored exactly 30 last <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, say, I say Texas State covers, yeah. but Troy wins outright. Um, okay, so... I'm going to say basically what I said about Texas State last week, which mm-hmm. is that I don't think Troy's good enough to be favored by two scores over anybody. Right. That's fair. And, That's fair. well, and not not over anybody, but over a uh, decent team. Honestly, in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Anybody in the Sun, in Sun Belt, Belt right, they right. haven't proven to be that good. Right. I mean, again, the two arguably worst teams that you're working with are Coastal, yeah. who they just lost to, yep. and then obviously Georgia State, who's been decent, but right. like they also got pummeled. Mm-hmm. And Troy's been very bad on the road in conference. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't see it being any sort of blowout. Yeah. Again, you're talking about a two-score game when the line is at eight. I don't see it being a two-score game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know whether Texas State can win, but you know what? Like, show me something, man. Yeah. Show I know, me something, right, man. <laughs> it's senior day. It's at home. You're yeah. playing a team that's not very good. This is your last game ever at this stadium. You know, if you're Brian London, if you're a lot of guys on that defense, um, you know, we talked about the defense being pretty good heading into the year and having a lot of talent on that team. A lot of those guys are seniors. Yeah. And you're hoping, I mean, and you're hoping last year, you're hoping Tyler Vitt turned a corner. Yeah. Like of some kind, right? I can't say we're going to get that performance every week, but no. like making big throws, finding a target in Hutch White. We had never seen it. We had never seen like, that. Literally and so never like seen you're it. hoping like, okay, carry some of that into this week. Right. So. Has, not to devolve into no, Texas State it. talk, but uh, has Jeremiah Haydell done much of anything this year? Not much. It's been, yeah. I'm wondering what that he is. was the guy. He was the he like. was the big play big play threat last year. I'm curious what if he just hasn't picked up the system as much. Um, it's definitely been I mean, Hutch White and Mason. Hay- right, right. It's surprised. definitely been Hutch White and Mason Hayes more this year, yeah. or, and even uh, Jamar Sharid. Um, so Sharid is third. Uh, Graham is who's Graham? Is, uh, 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 is that Travis Graham? Yeah, must be. Yeah. So he's second. It's actually Hayes only has twelve ca- uh, catches on the year, but uh, yeah, Haydell's twenty for two twenty two. I don't know. I it's thought not tra- that it's not Travis Graham. I don't know why I said Travis Graham. I'm trying uh, to find which one. Um, uh, Travis Graham. It's T R T R E. Travis. Graham. Hell yeah. I was like, um, Travis did not seem right. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I thought that Haydel was going to be sort of that guy because mm-hmm. you know he's just a big body. I felt like yeah. you know maybe he could be a guy who in the Sun Belt could could go up and get make some plays, yeah. but it just hasn't happened so far. It doesn't mean that it won't ever happen. But yeah, I mean he'll have next year when uh, Hayes and Hutch White are gone. So yeah. we'll see. Scary to not have Hutch White next year though. Yeah, golly. All right, all right. So both of us picking uh, Texas State to cover. Yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one. Houston versus Memphis. 2.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Houston coming off a 44-29 loss to UCF. They played everybody tough. Memphis beat SMU 54-48 last time they played. Uh, the line is only 9.5. In Houston, granted. Yeah. And Houston, again, has played everybody tough. Mm-hmm. But I just look at this game, and I see Memphis, the team that's probably the favorite to make the New Year Six yeah. out of the group of five. They're going to... Yeah. Uh, here, here's where... <laughs> I think Memphis is due for a Styles Point game. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be looking to roll somebody. Yeah, right. Because like, let me see who they have on their schedule. Houston, you okay? Could come against USF as well. Yeah, and Cincinnati. Yeah. Now, granted, Cincinnati, if they're still ranked, they should be. Um, they, yeah, they're the top team right now. Right. So that could that's obviously going to be that a big game for them, obviously. Right. But they're going to be looking to cement their spot and hold that. They don't want to drop out of the top 20 because mm-hmm. then you start looking at App State getting that G5 yeah. bid. They're going to be looking to impress, and I think this might be the week to do it. Yeah. Um, against a Houston team that's been feisty, right? Obviously, we, For talked, sure. we had a good segment on them a couple weeks back where we talked about where Houston is right now in terms of competing in games, not being able to finish Definitely. games, not necessarily being a fault of their own. Um, but I think Memphis covers, and I think. This one might get ugly just because Memphis seems like a team on a mission right now to prove that, look, we're this G5 spot is ours. Yeah. This game just feels a lot more like Cincinnati a few weeks ago yeah. where Memphis is just too good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that Houston is bad at this point, yeah. but we kind of are seeing what they are, which is a decent team playing yeah. a brutal schedule. Mm-hmm. and they've in, a, in an unusually deep AAC. Yeah. Like as far as the top it, goes, like not not even the top, everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere true. because I mean, you got the clear bottom with USF, probably USF, um, UConn, ECU, ECU, but even ECUs. You know, they, well, <laughs> USF has put up some wins too. That's true. You know, USF. so like, so it, I get, yeah, it's I just UConn. Right? That's the bottom. <laughs> UConn's at the bottom. There's an amalgamation in the middle, right. And that's all feisty and can put up points. And then there's the top that's just beating everyone. <laughs> now, now here's the question too: is like Tulsa. Played everybody close, yeah, and then finally got theirs. Right, you know that's the flip side for Houston. Is there going to be a game where they finally get somebody? Right, there's like uh, they're rewarded for playing everybody close, and teams may be taking them for granted. Is there that win? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, they, God, I feel I, like I mean the the Cincinnati one was a good was a, was a good mention because yeah. I feel like it might be something like that where it's close. You, you're at halftime, you're like, oh man, two uh, one score game, and then they just score three touchdowns in right, the third right, quarter, right. or like Cincinnati seventeen points in the fourth right. quarter. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and here's the other issue is just that. Well, actually, first let me just go through the schedule real quick. Yeah. Okay. Cincinnati, who I think's number seventeen right now, SMU, who. Should be ranked, but we're not going to get into the freaking playoff discussion today. Uh, UCF, who is borderline ranked and obviously is a top 25 caliber team. Mm -hmm. Um, Memphis, who is number 18 right now, so right on the cusp of the group of five spots. They go to Tulsa, who is the one team who's played all of those teams close, except for, I don't think they played Cincy, but Mm -hmm. they beat UCF. And they nearly beat both Memphis and SMU, if not for some absolutely ridiculous breaks. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then they have to play Navy. <laughs> Top 25 Golly, Navy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I don't um, understand. Like, if, if App State or if Boise State goes undefeated, mm-hmm. like, I totally understand putting them in as the New York Six team. Yeah. But with how tough this conference is, a one-loss team from this conference is not the same as those other two teams. I don't care that App played South Carolina and North Carolina, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, North Carolina's pretty good, right? Like, that's a good team. Yeah. But, like, compare what they're playing in the Sun Belt right now. And all respect to the Sun Belt. But, like, look at sure. what they're playing in the Sun Belt versus what a team is playing in the American West right now. Mm-hmm. The American West is a tougher conference than the ACC right now. Yeah. Like, it just is. That That's... I, I just don't understand how this is even a conversation. Like, mm-hmm. SMU should be in the top 25. They play in one of the toughest divisions in all of football. Mm-hmm. God. I will give one feather in the cap to, well, I don't know, because is Mobile Car going to play? <laughs> no, he's done. Okay, he's done. Okay, he's so done. he's. Uh, Memphis has struggled against decent running attacks. Yeah. Which is why it was frustrating that SMU would decide to go against a run, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tulsa. They gave up, I believe, uh, close to 200 yards rushing. Yeah, uh, I believe, obviously, Tulane. Actually, they, they held Tulane pretty much, in, uh, pretty fairly in check. But they've been susceptible to good running backs and good running attacks. Yeah, obviously, if you're Houston, that's where you want to be. You want to have some balance to like, give some things off Clayton to take some things off Clayton Tune. If this game gets into a shootout, there is no chance Houston gets. <laughs> there is no chance yeah. Houston's uh, able to keep up with. Yeah, uh, well, and that's what I feel like happened. Right. Is that they're going to be able to run all over Houston's been boomer bust on offense, where it's like, oh my God, huge gain, huge gain from Mobile Car. Uh, Right. You know, Clayton Toon hits an 80 yard touchdown throw, or it's nothing. They're not sustaining. And they'll hit some big plays. They will hit some big plays, but Memphis is like, all right, you hit a big play. Cool. Here's a 15 yard drive, like, (laughs) to match it. I got to say, just just real quick, I mean, not not to always make everything always about SMU, but I. SMU got a lot of crap for, okay, well, their defense just sucks. Right. Memphis hasn't gotten any of that. Yeah. They I mean, gave up 48 I points. mean, again, again, this is what happens when, I mean, yes, they gave up 48 points. This is what happens when you win the game. Sure. This is what happens when you just, like, it doesn't matter, they won, and their offense is just that awesome. Like SMU. Yeah. Like, it was like their offense was just that awesome. Uh, who cares that they almost lost to, they almost, you know, they got blown, or almost got beat by ECU, or uh, before that, Houston scored 30 or plus or whatever, you know, Tulsa put up 37, right? It was just that they were winning. Who cared? And now it's like, okay, they lost to Memphis. because well, ultimately my issue with this ends up being that SMU is getting dinged for being a one-side-of-the-ball team. Sure. Because they went on the road against maybe the best group of five team in America and lost by six points. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not arguing with that. It's just that they, you know, Memphis won the game, SMU didn't, right? And if, Memphis, I, I if that, SMU would have won the game, it would have been like, man, Memphis's defense, oh, God, they're really costing them this year, huh? Well, sure, but my issue just at the end of the day is, like, when you're comparing them versus the other teams, like, the reason that I don't think they're ranked is because I think people are like, oh, SMU doesn't have a defense. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. Because, again, when you're comparing them to a Boise who yeah. lost to BYU, or mm-hmm. if you're comparing them to an App State who That's lost fair. to I mean, again, Georgia I'm not arguing. They should be ranked, right? Yeah. SMU should absolutely be ranked still. Um, Even but if I think comparing they're, them I to think, Navy. I think they're, 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 their fate was sealed when they came in at 25. Sure. Right, when they, when they came out the next week at 25, it was like, okay, cool. Now then they almost lose to ECU. It's like, do you keep them the same? If I you do, that. sure, probably. But then you're, you know, they could be 26 for all we know. You know, I, I don't know. They should be ranked, but their fate was sealed when they lost to Memphis and dropped to 25. The committee was just looking for a reason to drop them out then. Well, you know who else played a way too close game against ECU? Memphis? 
the number one group of five team in the nation, Cincinnati. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, forty six, forty three. They yeah. gave up forty three points, and Cincinnati's a defense first team. What, who do, how did Memphis play? They didn't play ECU. Okay, no, so, yeah. they're, they're a cross conference game. Yeah. So. Whatever, man. I will stand for my stangs <laughs> all day long. I do not care. Okay, let's get back on track. Go for it. <laughs> Texas, a seven-point underdog at Iowa State, 2.30 p.m. on FS1. Texas coming off a 27-24 win over Kansas State. Iowa State nearly pulled off the comeback against Oklahoma, but fell 42-41 to on a pass interference. Sorry, I mean a, a failed two-point conversion. <laughs> <sighs> I'll tell you what, Iowa State might be the unluckiest team in America this year. Maybe. Cause, ah, no, Tulsa has something to say about Okay, that. okay. Tulsa's, <laughs> Tulsa's the most unlucky. That's actually true. But but Iowa State, obviously, you know, Baylor goes down and kicks that game-winning field goal with a field goal kicker who had never made a field goal before. Right. And then they get pass interference on a two-point uh, two conversion and end up losing. Man, it's... Oh, and then the, the Iowa game where the uh, the failed uh, fair catch. Oh, my God. I forgot yeah. about that. That's, That's so long. I feel like so long ago. <laughs> if if all those get pulled off, they are currently an eight and one team. <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. Iowa State, man. Oof. God, they're a really good team, though. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so where? Last week I looked at Texas line. They mm-hmm. were seven point favorites against Kansas State, and yeah. like I knew they could win. That mm-hmm. wasn't a surprise. But seven was a lot. Yeah. That's a little what this feels like too. Does it? A little bit. Okay. I think this line is right. I think this line might be right. Yeah. Um, based off where both teams are, mm-hmm. um, arguably Texas should have had four straight losses after West Virginia. Yeah. Um, golly. But what this feels like to me, and I just kind of feel this in the momentum of the season and kind of how it's gone. Yeah. This feels like a shut up game for Texas. Yeah. It feels like hey, everyone shut up, we're fine. Like they come out and they like this feels like a game where they come out win by 4 or whatever on the road against a good Iowa State team. It's like, "Hey, guess what? Shut right. up, we're fine." Well, that's that's the thing though. That's why it's so shocking to me that Iowa State is favored by that much. Yeah. Well, I if I'm Vegas, I think that that's fine. Yeah. I th- I think setting that line there is okay. They haven't Texas has not looked good. They've pulled these games out randomly. Yeah. You know, they should have lost to Kansas. Should have lost to Kansas State. Right. Um had that game was not close against Oklahoma uh, a one right. score game. Um TCU same thing. So I could see like them just being like yeah, there's no, there's no reason to give Texas the benefit of the doubt right now. Sure. That's more of my gut feeling as yeah. opposed to actually having a logistical reason to yeah, I get that. go behind that. The, the one thing that I'll say too about Iowa State is that Iowa State has been screwed so many times against Texas. That's fair. Yeah. Their fans true. hate Texas. Yeah. For good reason. Mm-hmm. The, the running joke for me is that ref conspiracies are fake unless it's Texas in Ames. <laughs> <laughs> then that's absolutely freaking real. Right, right, right. You know, so, um, and, and the thing is too that you say about Iowa State is that Iowa State is strong. Where Texas is weakest. Yes. You know, Iowa State's quarterback, is it? Uh, man, I, I hate making grand statements. Oh. Is he the best quarterback in the Big 12? <sighs> I'm, no, no, no. I'm putting Jalen Hurts. I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. I have a lot of takes about Jalen Hurts that I'll never say I, in a public <laughs> setting. <laughs> I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. I don't, I don't, I don't. 
this is the same guy that led Bama to a national title game in his freshman year. And then this what happens? Say, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Brock Purdy's not touching anywhere near a national title, and I'm not saying that's his fault. I'm not saying Come that's on, his that's fault. Ridiculous. I'm not saying that's his fault. I'm saying that Jalen Hurts is still that quarterback and still that talented. You mean the quarterback who had to pull because he couldn't throw? For arguably one of the best quarterbacks of this generation? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. They were going to lose that game because of him. They were going to lose that game. And uh, sure, yes, again, they were going to lose the national championship. <laughs> but because anyway, We're not going to get on this argument. We're not going to get on this argument. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the Big 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not arguing this. If Brock Purdy was coached by Lincoln Riley. Oh, my gosh. That dude would put up insane numbers. Oh, my gosh. We're not having this argument. We're not doing this yeah. argument of Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts on our Texas football podcast. We almost had this argument solved last week. We're not having this argument. <laughs> We're not, I'm not doing anyway, this. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, anyway, Brock Purdy's really good. Yes, Brock <laughs> Purdy's really good. Um, and he's a guy who can get the ball down the field. Yes. He's accurate. He can get the ball to different receivers. And Texas is a secondary that struggles against all of those things. Very true. Um, look, the big question to me comes down to what are we going to see from Brees Hall? Are mm-hmm. we going to, you know, the Iowa State star running back? Yep. Are they going to be able to run him? Uh, because the one place where Texas has been dominant is in the uh, defensive interior. Mm-hmm. And because Keandre Coburn has been that dude. He's been the only dude. <laughs> right, right. That's the one guy on this defense that you're like... <sighs> Man, I don't right. know if I can run up the middle. Right now, Brees Hall can get to the edge too, yeah. and that's that's a whole different situation. But but obviously, I think that's going to play a big part in where this game goes. Um, so where are you going with this? I'm leaning. I'm leaning Texas outright. Yeah. Um, because the one thing that I haven't, and granted, it's, it's been because Iowa State's defense has been really solid for most of the year. Yeah. But when they get in shootouts, yeah, that's my thing. Because the Iowa State offense is very good, very efficient, mm-hmm. right? Brees Hall, Brock Purdy, that's a great one-two punch. But I don't know if they've been the team, the, the kind of offense. This is by design. This isn't like they yeah. can't do this. This is more like they don't want to do this. They're not the team that wants to put up 45 with you. Yeah. Right? They want to put up a very good 30. Yeah. Like, they want to make sure they, want to make sure they control, control the clock, that their defense, you know, they give their defense some time to rest. They're not – and granted, last week wasn't their fault, right? They lost a shootout last week, but they probably shouldn't have. And, you know, they, they sure. show that they could be in a game where it's a shootout. I don't think they've done that enough to where I feel confident in saying that if Texas gets us in space, in a track meet the way they want to, that they can keep up. Yeah. I'm taking Texas outright. And I, I feel also I feel like this is uh, – Todd Orlando's probably still coaching for his job. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's well, some of that too going so, on. So you mentioned this being a shut-up game for Texas. Yeah. Could this also, to the flip side, be a shut-up game for Texas? A shut-up, you're not good? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah a, like potentially. A sh- like a shut-up, like, you don't get to just assume that you're going right. to go in and do anything against anybody. Right. Because Shut-up, you're a six-win team this year? <laughs> right. I mean, I, and, and they'll be better. Six right. I, I know what you're I know, I know Well, uh, Well, who do they have left? I mean, I guess yeah, Baylor got, and Tech. I mean, those aren't givens, so we'll see. No, those aren't <laughs> givens. I mean... Again, they're better than a six fifty, but sure. But I know what you uh, mean. But you get what I'm saying, right? Where you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you are a bowl eligible team. Congrats! <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. And so that's kind of the flip side of this, yeah. where you know what? Like Iowa State absolutely has the ability to just ruin Texas's life, mm-hmm. to just make them feel terrible about yeah. themselves. Um, I don't think that that Iowa State's going to run away with this game. 
I think they again can win, mm-hmm. but I just seven's a lot, man. Like this, this again to me feels a lot like this Texas line last week, where you're like, all right, Texas is probably better than Kansas State, right? They're not way better, and I think it's sort of the same deal where this ends up being a three to six points. Uh, if Iowa State wins, it ends up being a three to six points win. Yeah. And if Texas wins, then obviously, then you get the cover. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick Texas to cover. I think I'm going to pick Iowa State outright, but um, nothing surprises me in this league anymore. Absolutely not. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it really depends on what we see from both these teams. How motivated is Texas's def- uh, offensive line? Sure. How you know how healthy is Texas's secondary? It, all these things. I mean, we're not going to really get to know until it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas coming off a bye too, right? That's a th- that's another thing. Oh uh, no, wait, no, because they played um, no, they played yeah, they played Kansas State. Never mind, week, yeah. never mind. They had a bye um, before that. So I mean, they're playing decent football right now. Yeah, but I think I'd, Texas covers. I think Iowa State probably wins. Okay, I'll take Texas out. Right. Okay. Uh, God, there was a time in my life oh, hey, where Del I looked Conte at. Just got a three year extension. Just announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> Uh, I, think, I think that had been talked about yesterday. Okay. So he's, he makes $2 million a year now. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So there was a time in my life where I looked at a Rice football game. Oh, my God. With excitement, with joy, Don't, mm. with hope. When was this? <laughs> until, like, until they lost UTSA. And then we just determined, oh, this is not a team that's maybe good. That's just played a terrible schedule. Yeah. This is a bad football team. Right. <sighs> okay. Rice, 12 point, 12 and a half point, rather, underdog at Middle Tennessee, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Rice coming off of a 20-7 loss to Marshall, and Middle Tennessee coming off of a 34-20 loss ugh, to Charlotte. <laughs> I know, right? Ugh. Looking at that, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this out earlier, and I still wasn't prepared. So where are you going with this? Do you happen to know what Middle Tennessee's record is this year? In the first year of the uh, post-Brent Stockstill era. I feel like... I feel like they're bad. I f- let's say they have four wins. Three and five. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. They're three... Now, here's, here's the one thing. Oh, no. Um, so they beat FIU. In fact, I, I just got to go through that. I just got to sure, go Sure, sure. Go, go, go for they're, it. Because they're pretty hysterical. So they started off with a 40-21 loss to Michigan. That's respectable. That's pretty respectable. <laughs> Beat Tennessee State by 19. Cool. Lose by 23 to Duke. Lose by 45 to Iowa. No, nothing bad so Dude, far. What was the score of that Iowa game? 48-3. They let a Kirk Ferentz team score 48 points? I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Then they <laughs> opened uh, Conference USA play 1-0. You know who they beat? 1-0. Oh, God. Cusa uh, d- East. Cusa East. Um, Marshall? Marshall. Oh! They beat Marshall by 11 points. Then they lost by FAU by 15. Lost to North Texas in that weird game by three. Yeah, I do remember that one. Then they went and beat the crap out of FIU 50-17. to 17, <laughs> And then they lost by two touchdowns to Charlotte. Okay, I gotta bring And then they had now. a bye. Okay. <laughs> what? You know, wait, wait a minute. I'm looking... <laughs> what? Uh, so obviously Middle Tennessee under Rick Stockstill, generally known as a very pass happy team. Yes. Uh, against FIU, they scored 50 points. And if this is right, their quarterback threw for 25 yards. Is this right? That can't... 
six for that twelve right. for twenty five yards. I mean, granted, okay, I'm looking at the box. Granted, they ran fifty five times for four hundred and seventy yards. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds right. But that is what wild. the hell? Oh my god. <laughs> That is awesome. I have not watched Middle Tennessee State this year. I need to watch this team, apparently. Yeah, apparently, they're dumb as hell. <laughs> I don't know if this is a game that this you want to awesome. watch theirs. No, God, no. <laughs> um, Although their last three are Rice, Old Dominion, and then against a decent Western Kentucky team. Yeah. So I don't know which one you're going to watch. Oh Maybe you just God. need to go and rewatch that FIU game. Just go watch last year under Prince Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they have had their quarterback has thrown for 300 yards one time against an FBS opponent, and I will say that I mean, does it could be twice this week. <laughs> no, well that no that does feed into Rice's hands because Rice is a very good run defense That's and a right, terrible yeah. pass defense. I was about to say it could happen for a second time this weekend, <laughs> but are they good enough to do it? That's the question because he threw for 140 yards against Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. they're terrible defense. Yeah. I s- no, I'm, I'm, uh, Middle Tennessee State. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. It's, Rice, we, we've given you. It's in Murfreesboro, too. God, yeah. Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Oh, uh, the dreaded, the dreaded the fr- domain of Murfreesboro. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah. I, I, yeah. Right, Rice doesn't cover. Rice, I'm uh, sorry, okay. man. Y'all, y'all come back to me when y'all play UTEP. <laughs> come back to me in three weeks. God, somebody has to win that game, I guess. Somebody has to win that game. <laughs> come back. To, to that will be the most I care about Rice since they lost to UTSA. Dude. UTEP has zero FBS wins at this point, and then they play two teams the next two weeks after this that have zero FBS wins. Mm. That is a lot. <laughs> All it's right, okay. we're still we're still Bloom Green fans over here. We're we still think, we still think he's doing it right. Yeah, it's just man, this year just fell off a cliff. It sucks, man. Yeah. they brought a bunch of transfers too. Yeah, whatever. UTSA seventeen and a half point underdog against Southern Miss five p.m. on ESPN Plus. UTSA beat Old Dominion twenty four to twenty three last week. Southern Miss, I'll say it again, thirty seven to two over UAB. Yep. Um, is Narcisse healthy? Yeah, he yeah he thinks so. Okay, because he, he played after the injury last week. right? That's right. The I, injury was the week before. Um, and actually played very well. Maybe right. he needed to hurt his hand to start playing quarterback. Well. I know, right. <laughs> Um, I feel like, I feel like I UTSA to cover. Um, so here's my question. Yeah. Is this a bottom falling out spot for UTSA? <sighs> no, because I feel like they're in an okay spot right now. I feel like they're in an okay, like, cause like they have they, three games that they will not win to they, close the year. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I feel like they were in a, oh, like we were after, remember, this is the team we thought Rice was going to beat, right? Sure. Um, now they have an outside shot. Again, outside as in like we're out here and like we're as far as San Antonio is from us. As far that's outside. An outside yeah. shot is a bowl game <laughs> at a bowl game. Um, that's very optimistic. Again, I said I said that. outside as in we're here and San Antonio is where it is. <laughs> um, that's as far as I mean outside. But they do have an outside shot. Uh, I like UTSA to cover. I really do. So they've only played like two of the better CUSA teams. They played UAB and UNT. Mm-hmm. Actually, their schedule is, up until this point has been pretty soft, actually. Um, and here's the issue. Well, their non-conference is garbage, obviously. Sure, I sure. mean, obviously they have to play UIW, who they won, and then Baylor, Army, and A&M. Obviously that's just, right. that's how it's going to be at UTSA because they need the money. Sure. But, 
Uh, but in their two games against sort of better group of five teams, and actually I'll even throw Army into that, they lost by 18, 42, and 19. Mm. And Southern Miss is better than all three of those teams. And I, oof, I'm just worried. I'm yeah. just really worried because Southern Miss can move the ball down the freaking field. Mm-hmm. They've got an NFL wide receiver in Quez Watkins. They've got maybe a guy who could be an outside NFL quarterback in Jack Abraham. I just think that they do a lot of things really well. And look, I mean, it's certainly conceivable that since Jeremy McCormick has a great game, mm-hmm. that Lowell Narcisse, you know, manages to recapture some of what he had last week. But Southern Miss isn't as bad defending the pass as Old Dominion is. Yeah, I'm just worried, man. Here, I'm just really worried. Here's the big issue and why I've just switched my pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Southern Miss. Yeah. Allowing three and a half yards of carry. Oh, uh, the last three games they've allowed seventy six point three yards on the ground. Oh, I'm sorry. As much as I love what Sincere McCormick has done this year, even if he cracks a hundred, I feel like he's gonna need thirty five carries to get there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And there goes UTSA's offense. So I'd say Southern Miss covers pretty comfortably. Well, actually. again, you just look at you look at what Southern Miss has done the rest of the year. Like they have that fifty point loss to Louisiana Tech, who's probably gonna win the conference. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, in conference play, they're four and one. They're four wins, eighteen points against UTEP, mm-hmm. uh, eighteen points against UNT, fourteen points uh, on the road at Rice, yeah, and thirty-five points against UAB. So this is also a Southern Miss team that's starting to really get in a groove. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, the last two weeks they've given up a combined eight points. Right. That is bad news. That is bad news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and look, I. I, I will amend what I said. I don't think that the bottom is going to truly fall out because I think that UTSA's players love Frank Wilson. Sure, and I sure. think that they will want to fight for him, but I'm just really worried that they are just not prepared. Oh, God. I just keep looking at these rushing. I keep going diving further into these rushing stats, and I'm yeah. just like, yeah, they're not winning this game. Or they're not covering yeah. this. Uh, Southern Miss, number one in the conference in rushing defense. Yeah. Uh, they are allowing three yards flat a carry. <sighs> Five rushing touchdowns all year for in conference. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, UTSA. If, yeah. if Sincere McCormick can't break 150, <laughs> I feel like they have no shot to cover. Yeah. So. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I was on board. <laughs> I was on board. Then I was like, right. hey, Southern Miss is good. Right. Never mind. <laughs> okay. This game is really interesting to me. I think that this, in a lot of ways, is going to be a very much make it uh, make it game for Texas A&M, right? Mm-hmm. A&M, they're already bowl eligible, right? So they, they don't have to worry about that side of things. Sure. They still have two games left against top five teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Top four teams in the country, I guess, right? Georgia moved into the top four. Yep. Uh, so this is a big – this is their last sort of – Prove it to me that like this, you should do this thing game. Yeah, like this is the last game with expectations, I guess. Let's sure, say. sure. Um, and after that, house money, money. Yeah, yeah, which is its own sort of fun, right? I mean, if they can give Georgia a game, for example, like Georgia hasn't looked exceptional this year. Yeah, I'm um, really interested in how they look next week. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and and with South Carolina, I mean, you could knock them out of a bowl this week because mm-hmm. uh, they have A and M, and then they have Clemson, and they are vulnerable right, right. now after so, they lost to App State. Right. And that's the thing. They're coming off that loss to App State where uh, Ryan Holinsky threw the ball out of the back of the end zone instead of to a wide open receiver. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> but, but the other thing that you say is that South Carolina has given some teams issues uh, with their defense. They've mm-hmm. been able to really take away the run. They have a very good run defense. Yeah. Um, so this, to me, is a game where you look at Texas A&M. And the one thing that I'll say about A&M, too. They have run the ball a lot better the last couple of weeks. Sure. 
Um, Isaiah Spiller is kind of starting to become what we thought he could potentially become. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, Kellen Mond, we've talked about before, very good at home. Um, and that's something that I obviously think should continue. Uh, do you have a feel on this game? <laughs> the line is 10. I don't know if I mentioned that. Okay. Which is a big line. That's a big line. I feel like South, South Carolina covers that. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. Um, see, the thing is, I don't... I hate South Carolina's offense. It's so bad. I think Will Muschamp hates South Carolina's offense. I think Will um, Muschamp planned South Carolina. Actually, I was about to say, I think he yeah, might love it because purpose. it's how ugly Absolutely it is. Absolutely. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. So Kellen Mond at home obviously is a thing, yeah. but Anim's offense is home, at home is a thing too. Yeah, they haven't. Let's see, one, two, one. Okay, so one twice, twice all year they've been held below thirty at home. Yeah. It was against Alabama and Auburn. Congrats. A lot of teams are going to get held below right. thirty. Other than that, it's been forty-five, forty-nine, thirty-one, sixty-two, forty-one. Yeah. They put up points at home. Yeah. South Carolina's defense, really good. Right? Right. I still think if they cross that 24-point mark, there's yeah. no chance South Carolina. Um, but the problem is, I think South Carolina can probably eke out 14. <laughs> yeah. Um, golly. See, but that's the thing. I, I do think that they can probably eke out 14. But I think that I think that if they eke out 21, I still think that A&M can get to 35, potentially. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's that's a high expectation. Thing. Right, like, right, that's right. Maybe, maybe where, like, they could do one, that, but should you expect it? But, I mean, again, the one thing that I'll say, like, UTSA, whatever, we'll take that out of the picture, but Isaiah Spiller, the two weeks before that, against Mississippi State and Ole Miss, Cause the, 90 yards, 78 yards. Yeah, the weird thing about this this Southern South Carolina defense is, like, they're so all over. So, like, yes, they've surrendered 47 to Alabama, right? They right. surrendered 38 to Florida. Okay, good teams. And they gave up 41 to Tennessee? Yeah. And then they gave up 34 to Missouri? Right. Like, teams, Missouri's fine. They're better than I think people, a lot of people thought they would be. But, like... They're very inconsistent. They're very inconsistent. But, but they got good Missouri. Yeah. And so, yeah, I uh, I say South Carolina covers because that line is huge. Um, yeah. I'm... I just don't... See, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. I'm trying to... And like if, that's a good point about this being the last game where it's like, hey, y'all better show something for as far as A&M is concerned, right? Yeah. So. Well, both teams, honestly. Yeah. I mean, both teams are kind of – I mean, I think South Carolina fans are like, yeah, we're just not very good. A&M fans are still like, why are we only have six wins so far? Um, the flip side that I'll say to that, though, is South Carolina fans are looking at this like, we beat Georgia. Yeah. I think there's still also the team that lost to Apps. I think last week was a real and Tennessee. Yeah, I think those are real gut punches to where they thought they were this season. Georgia's sure. still great, but I think A and M's expectations are definitely like are definitely in another spot where it's like, why do we only have six wins despite our schedule being the hardest in the country? Yeah, um, get that seventh win, Jimbo. <laughs> like you know, it's gonna be I, that I will kind of say, motivation behind them. I think that A and M's defense is gonna have a good game. You know, I think that they'll be able to kind of take away the run from South Carolina. Should if they can. Um, if they can't have a good game against South Carolina, I have trouble. I've uh, <laughs> I have bad news for you in the next two weeks. Right. So I think that A and M 
treats this as a prove it game as a this is actually also when you really think about it it's their last home game of the season you know they're oh last, yeah that's, that's that's i true. didn't really think about that so that's I, a good point who do they have going on senior day actually i mean who are A&M seniors? Everybody feels like it's a junior. I know, right? Like, Mond is a junior. Like, uh, well, Courtney Davis is out, but... Uh, Spillers are freshmen. Spillers are freshmen. Um, most of their line is still juniors. I mean, and that's also the flip side. Is Matabuki... No, he's a junior, isn't he? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> I'm a kid. This, this is a obviously great radio. <laughs> ba ba da 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 <laughs> Kendrick Rogers is a junior. Dang. Yeah, I mean they're whole. Ro- and, and Jesus, this is, yeah, they're all juniors. This is the other thing that I said. Plus, too. the water boy is probably a senior. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this is one thing too that I even heading into the year. Braden Man. Oh, play for Braden, Braden Man Senior Day. <laughs> Hell God, yeah! I'm mad that I did not realize that. <laughs> play for Braden Man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Braden Man. Look, yeah, dude, their roster is They're all so, juniors. <laughs> why were people thinking this was going to be a great year? They're no, so well, young no, still. No, no. I mean, this this was always a setup. This was always we a thought it was, but <laughs> I think they knew it was a setup year. I, I think uh, that no, they, the, the program did. I'm talking about the fans. I think that they thought it was an eight and four setup year, which is obviously I didn't a setup year. That's a good. That's a really good year. <laughs> well, I mean, but but no, I mean, I think that. Look, you get seven wins this week. So you you get an okay bowl game, and yeah. you know you can go and get to eight wins. And like, look, if, if after that schedule, after potentially playing three number one teams, yeah. if you come away with eight wins, I'm still looking. Uh, <laughs> for, by the way, I'm still looking through this roster. Yeah, as far as like the big production guys go. Oh my god. Anyway, Braden yeah. Man should be enough though. Come on now, play, <laughs> play for the best punter in the country. Yeah, but but I think on Senior Day you're going to see a lot. I think that. Um, and again, I just think A&M's Charles a Oliver. Play for Charles. Play for Charles Oliver. Play for Charles Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now we get to our premier game of the weekend. Yeah. Baylor, a ten-point underdog against the Oklahoma Sooners. Six thirty p.m. on ABC College Game Day. Obviously, going to be in Waco. Uh, we mentioned both of their games previously, but Oklahoma coming off a forty-two forty-one win over Iowa State. Baylor coming off of a wild twenty-three twenty. 29 23 win over TCU. So we had a little bit of a discussion outside the office uh, with our good buddy Greg Powers and colleague. Yep. I think Baylor gets pummeled. (laughs) Um, And I know you've spent basically the whole day trying to tell us why that's probably not going to happen. Well, here's the crux of my thing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead is that Oklahoma has been ridiculously dominant when they haven't played good teams. That's fair. When they've played good teams. they played three teams with winning records. Yeah. Both teams. Or uh, Power 5 teams with winning right, records. Right, right, right. Uh, they've played Iowa State, who they beat by one. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can say, oh, well, you know, they let Iowa State back into the game. But, like, they did. They should. They probably should have lost the game. Yeah. They played Kansas State, who they lost to by seven. And that's the flip side, where they probably should have gotten beat by 20 and kind of just made some plays late to make it a game. Fair enough. And then they beat Texas by seven. And and actually, that's kind of the weirdest one to me because they outplayed them by a lot, and mm-hmm. it ended up being only a seven-point win. So they have outscored the other four non-bowl teams that they've played by 34 points a game. So they've clearly been more dominant against the bad teams in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But once they have played against teams that are at their level, or even close to their level in the case of like a Kansas State, right. they have looked pretty average. Now, at the same time, 
I think that for Baylor, this ultimately comes down to what Charlie Brewer are we getting? Yep. Because I've talked about it a lot, you know, just with people that I've been around. Like, Charlie Brewer just has those games where it's just like, is something wrong? Like, obviously last year it was the West Virginia game where he went one for eight with three interceptions. Mm-hmm. Last week was one of those games up until basically like the last I mean, drive he, of the fourth quarter. It looked like he should have been benched up until that fourth right. quarter. <laughs> right. But, you know, obviously he made the plays at the end of that game. So, like, yeah. it's there. And, look, this team kind of goes with Charlie Brewer. It does. And Charlie Brewer has been really good when he needs to be and kind of inconsistent before that. Mm-hmm which is basically what the team has done too. You know, they've been kind of inconsistent but made every play when they needed to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is tough for me because if Charlie Brewer is, is fully healthy, if he's fully engaged, mm-hmm. if he's doing what we expect him to do, Baylor has the skill position talent to really take advantage of Oklahoma's defense because Oklahoma's a lot worse on the outside that's than right. they are up front. Yeah. And I think that what we've also seen, too, with Iowa State and Kansas State is that if you're not running straight at Neville Gallimore or Kenneth Murray or Ronnie Perkins, you can get to the other levels of that defense. Yeah. Um, and then the flip side, the part that I think is also going to be really important is, you know, with Baylor playing five true DBs and almost a six with Blake Lynch as well, they kind of do a good job of keeping the game in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have to do against this, this Oklahoma offense. Right. Now, C.D. Lamb's going to break away for, you know, a 65-yard touchdown because he's C.D. Lamb, and he, he's one of the best receivers in America. Mm-hmm. But I think the key to, to at least having a chance against this Oklahoma offense is being able to keep the receivers in front of you, prevent big plays from the receivers, and still have enough guys left to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to stop the run. This is Oklahoma. This is right. the best, one of the best rushing offenses we've ever seen. But if you can, you know, if you can have four or five back there and be able to limit big plays, but still have six or seven down in the box, especially quick guys, which Baylor has, mm-hmm. to deal with the run and again, not stop the run. Like this Oklahoma team's going to score probably about thirty on a, on its worst day. Yeah. But if you have enough guys there, then I think that you can at least cause some issues. Now, again, this all is based on the idea that Baylor's able to put up points against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is very much in question after the last two weeks. But when I look at this 10-point line, they have not beaten a bowl team this season by more than seven points. And so when I look at this game, now, this is going to be the game that Lincoln Riley's been scheming for and playing making mm-hmm. for and watching film over, all that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like. We know how these big games are, and in these big games, a lot of the time, talent just comes to the top. Sure. But I think that there is a path to Baylor winning this game, and I think that I don't want to call Oklahoma unproven because they have proven it, mm-hmm. You know, even though it's not against the greatest teams, but I think that Baylor's the best defense that they've played so far. Baylor is as explosive an offense when they're rolling as we've seen them play so far. There's a path... I don't know whether it's a path that Baylor can take advantage of, mm-hmm. but I think that there is a path. And to me, when I look at 10 points, again, that's a two-score game. Right. I don't think that Oklahoma is – not that they're not good enough, but I don't think that they will be able to go into Waco, assert their will, leave with a multiple-score touchdown win, and um, especially with the way that Baylor plays defense. I just think it's going to be a lower-scoring lower game than people think. 
As far as a lower scoring game than people think, I th- I'll believe it when I see it with Oklahoma. Sure. Um, I don't know if I can say that Baylor's the best defense they've played all season. I think last week that was might have been the ba- what have been first or second best defense they've seen all season. I think it's a toss up between Iowa State and Baylor. I think that's fair. Um, but then Iowa State also, for a half at least, was able to do a whole lot against the Oklahoma offense. Fair. I th- and the I'm, question- wa- I'm wondering how much of that was them taking their foot off the gas. It's happened multiple times, though. Like, like if it's the if this is an issue that Oklahoma can't put their foot on the gas against good teams for four quarters, that's still a big issue. It is. It is because they let Texas back into that game to a large extent. They obviously compl- that was. I mean, Texas was more. I mean, Hertz was making was just flat out making mistakes. Like I don't. Iowa State was more of them. Like, what are they doing? Oh, okay. They just okay three and out. That's but the weird. same happened like, for. Especially that third quarter, but really for the second and third quarter against Kansas State, too. And that's when Kansas State rolled them. That's fair. I just think too much of this game hinges on Baylor's defense not neutralizing, but definitely playing really well against an Oklahoma offense. That's the one thing. Like, I feel... Well, I just look at what Iowa State did last week. And I think that Baylor can do a lot of things that Iowa State did better. I don't feel confident that Charlie Brewer is healthy, though. That's and that's the question. Yeah, that's the big question. I feel like even even eighty percent Charlie Brewer. No, it's not the same. Trying to keep up, right? Isn't the same. Oh, God, man. I I, I hear everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, and I, Oklahoma has looked vulnerable, right? Especially defensively, Alex. The Alex Grinch hype has I think definitely they've been tampered down out. a lot. Yeah, I really think they've been figured out. Um, and I'm wondering how much Trey Sermon's injury is going to hurt. Like as far as depth hurt. is concerned, yeah. like fair. a lot is going to be put on Kennedy Brooks now. Ramondre um, Stevenson has had good moments. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and actually, something I didn't realize, uh-huh. and I don't know whether it's the positive or negative, but. Jalen Hurts has twice as many carries as any Oklahoma running back. I mean, that's that, that's what you sign up for when you get Jalen Hurts. You're like, well, here's a here is a running option. That's still wild. It's a lot. But and again, I was talking to some Oklahoma people yesterday, yeah. and they were telling me like one of their most frustrating parts about him has been his unwillingness to hand the ball off on those zone reads. That's fair. Because I mean, yeah. you know those running backs are really good. They're really good. They're really good. Um, golly. Yeah, I'm. St- I gotta stick with it, man. Sure. I gotta. St- I think sure. Oklahoma covers. Um, I would love to see Baylor obviously make this game, but I-, I would love to see them pull this out. I just feel like there's a lot of buzz around how vulnerable Oklahoma looks right now, and that scares me. Um, yeah, but everybody's talking about how vulnerable Baylor is too, though. Like, I don't think that that's like- that. No, that th- yes, right. The the overwhelming narrative is that. Like people Baylor's, expect Baylor to get blocked right, right, game. right. That that okay. Here comes reality. Blah right. blah. Um, uh, I want mm, no. I can't do it. Okay. Sorry, sorry, man. <laughs> I think right. Oklahoma covers. I think this offense gets rolling. I, I just feel like the dam's got to break for Baylor. Sure, right. I could see this game being fourteen fourteen at the half, seventeen fourteen Oklahoma at the half, and then just a twenty eight point half. I feel sure. like the dam's gonna break. Well, and, and there I, will be a run. Right, there's gonna be a run. It's about if Baylor can respond or. Uh, quell it a little right. bit defensively. I just Charlie Brewer is not being healthy. Um, that not really being Baylor's game offensively at all this year either. Yeah. Um, what happens when they play an offense that can punch them back in the right. mouth? Um, yeah, I don't. And also like, 
Baylor's luck God has to run out, right? Like, I mean, some point, I, I, maybe again, maybe they just might be that team of destiny that just the fumbles go their way. I think uh, <laughs> Bill Connolly talks about that, where it's yeah. just like they just game the system where right. they get all the fumble recoveries, they get that all the calls, they Herman get all thing. the right. Yeah, um, it could be that year. This could be the year for Baylor doing that. Um, but yeah, I just don't have the confidence to say it. Yeah. Again, the number that I will take away most heading into this game, and the reason that I'm going to pick Baylor to cover at least, mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma still wins, sure. but for Baylor to cover, is that, again, Oklahoma is against three bowl teams so far this season, plus one, and Baylor Fair. is plus 39 in their there three games. So they've played up to their competition, and Oklahoma's played uh, played worse against the best competition they've played. Yeah. So. Fair enough. We'll see what happens, man. Oh, I don't know. Oh, my God, I am pumped for this, this game. This is a wild game. This oh. is This is... SMU Memphis was our first wild ass game of the year, probably. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of the. I mean, Texas OU was obviously a wild ass game. I'd say Texas too. LSU. Texas LSU was a good yeah. one. This is one of those games. Well, I think it comes. I mean, it comes at the right time of the season too. Right? Yeah. It's like okay, Baylor has fringe. I mean, we're hoping that like they have playoff hopes. They probably don't. Look, just because we are going to talk 12, about <laughs> Baylor and their playoff hopes the second that the committee puts them at number four. Right. That we are not going to talk for a second right. about that because I am so tired. Yeah. I am so tired. But uh, but yeah, where the, where this comes in the season, the fact that Baylor has lived up to our dark horse yeah. like uh, absolutely label. And the fact that Oklahoma, yeah, they struggled. They lost to Kansas State. But, I mean, they looked basically what we thought they were going to mm-hmm. be. Um, yeah, man, this is going to be a blast. And I think the contrast to both teams, yeah. right? Oklahoma <laughs> so Oklahoma much. team, like Oklahoma is just lighting up teams and they want to get out in space. And Baylor's like, no, we want to play in a phone booth. We want to absolutely right. make this uh, uh, game that's played in the 20s. So, yeah, man, I can't wait to see which style yeah. wins out. Yeah, God, we really are in bizarre worlds. I know, right? Baylor wants Oklahoma- to keep it to twelve. I was about to say Oklahoma's the high flying team, and <laughs> Baylor's like, why are we scoring more than twenty four? <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a wild game. Uh, I think, look, regardless of what happens in this game, I think Baylor's being disrespected, being put number thirteen in the playoff rankings. Right. But this is an opportunity, similar, not the same, but similar to what Minnesota had last week against Penn State. Where mm-hmm. if they go and win this game, I don't know where exactly they go. Who because, knows what happens? Right. You know, but I mean, they're top ten. Yeah. We can say that for sure. By the way, shout out to the committee for ranking Texas and giving Baylor another shot at ranked team this year. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that ranking. I know we're not going. We yeah. said we weren't going to talk about rankings, but yeah. that was the one I wanted to hint on. Yeah. I was like, Texas is nineteen. I was like, well, I guess that gives Baylor another <laughs> shot on the resume. So, it is a little funny looking at how the committee is doing this because. They're kind of saying that the Big 12 is not very good. Right. But they're also ranking half of the, the right. conference. I, I, again, I don't know if that's just like, please give them something to try and make the resume better. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's really, it, it I is I mean, weird. granted, this all comes down to like Kansas State should have never been number 16. Right. That was a wild move. Right. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Like they should have been ranked, but number 16 is insane. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, these next two weeks are going to be really interesting. And honestly, it's going to be funny, too, to see what uh, Iowa State can do against Texas because, like, Iowa State has a chance at a ranked win now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really curious to We'll see talk about happens. this in three weeks yes. when they actually matter, when the rankings actually mean something as far as just random speculating right now. Because, yeah. honestly, how much, of the, how much of the playoff is just them saying, eh, Baylor's probably not going to beat Oklahoma 13. Okay. Like, right. <laughs> and now when they then if they do it's like oh crap all right yeah. we gotta put them at six or something well, now what i'm what i'm gonna say and, and what i said to you before the show is my only thing about the rankings right now is i am curious if baylor goes 11 and 2 with two losses to oklahoma who the committee 
regardless of the top 10 team, yep. does Baylor get left out of the New Year's Six discussion? Which I think would be pretty devastating for them. Because, again, if you win 11 games against a conference that has that many ranked teams... Hey man, San Antonio's great this time of year. I've got no complaints. <laughs> but look That here. Alamo Bowl is calling y'all's name. You know what? I would like for Texas or Baylor to make it to New Orleans so I can spend New Orleans New Year's Eve. Oh, my God. I can't talk today. New Year's in New Orleans. New Year's in New Orleans, man. So <laughs> that's what this is you know all really happen, about. Right? It's my, my holiday plans. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of the what would be the worst bowl for Baylor to go to <laughs> well, that would I mean, absolutely it, be a near like it would absolutely that's absolutely a possibility. I mean the the deal is though that like depending on where teams are like I'm probably only going to go to either the Texas or Alamo bowl depending right. on who's there. Right. Um uh, unless it's a New Year's Six bowl, right? And SMU looks like they might be out of that picture which SMU in the Cotton Bowl would have been so much fun. It would have been. Um you know, Baylor in the Cotton Bowl would also be very fun. What if they get the first responders bowl? God. <laughs> right Where there is, in Dallas. Oh, it's in yeah, Dallas. It's, it's right it's here. At the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh uh, man. Uh, hey, you know what? I would love to spend Christmas with my family. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's just what you're right there about. down the street. You're like, I don't even get to go anywhere cool. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. I, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Get us me to the Rose Bowl. That's all I care about. There you go. <laughs> Somehow. <I'm> not happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not happening. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we apologize for all of my vacation planning at the end of this show. <laughs> we apologize for all of the Texas State wide receiver talk. Uh, I know, right? Good God. We, <laughs> they had a receiver go for 160 for the first time in FBS, and we just spent uh, like five minutes on their whole receiving core. <laughs> well, we apologize for talking about Utah's wide receiver core, but they know, have a receiver. They have a receiver. A receiver that's true. One singular receiver now. Yeah. So, God, we are nothing if not on brand. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you to everybody for, for listening. As always, you can find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. If you haven't as yet, please, please, please become a subscriber. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, as the games get bigger and bigger in Texas, and as we start having bowl games and high school playoff games, you're really going to want that premium subscription. So go on, get that TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. It's only nineteen ninety five for the first year plus shipping and handling. So it's really a pretty good deal. You got both the recruiting magazine and the, uh, the summer edition magazine next year. It's honestly a pretty good deal. And we actually just saw what's probably going to be the cover of our recruiting edition. Looks really good. It's uh, let, let's put it this way. If you are a fan of one particular college in Texas or a fan of one particular high school in Texas, where that kid might be coming from, Maybe you might like the cover, and that is as specific <laughs> as I will be. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. When are we re- revealing that? Do you know? I'm not. I feel like within the next week or so. Yeah, it's we'll it's see. a pretty cool cover, and yeah. honestly, I I think <laughs> if you're a fan of this particular school, <laughs> I think you'll appreciate it. In fact, tweet your guesses at me. I won't tell if you're right, oh, but God. but tweet your guesses at me. Oh God! All right, <laughs> all right. We'll be back with you guys again on Sunday.